This is Namina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health, addictions, and holistic care community to talk about different issues and treatment modalities. Now, guests' opinions are their own, and some content may be triggering. And at Nomina, we work with complex, treatment-resistant mental health and addictions, so we know the importance of making exceptional mental health accessible to everyone. And with that, our guest today is Kelly Lydiard, who is with On a Dime Transformations, and he's here to talk to us about the importance of purpose-driven employment in addiction recovery. Let's welcome Kelly. So full disclosure, Kelly, you are a dear friend of mine, and I'm very, very happy to have you on because I've been watching what you've been doing with On a Dime, and I am passionate about what you're doing because I have purpose-driven employment. I love Nomina, and I love what I do, and I know how it it feeds my recovery and my soul. So let's start with a brief introduction and uh, maybe a little bit about your story. Great. Thanks. Happy to be here, by the way. I've checked out a number of your podcasts, and they're awesome. I love it. Exploring many different aspects of the recovery journey and finding better ways to support people through their their process, right? So for me, uh, you know, for me, I fell into active active addiction at the age of 13 and was in and out of treatment 11 times until the age of 32. And in that process, you know, I just lost so many years of my life where people would go on to build career and identity you know, and all of those things. So every time I would come out of treatment, you know, one of two things would happen. I would either feel that I'd wasted so much time in my life that I needed to fix everything in two months and I'd shoot out, you know, a million miles an hour trying to get everything done right away. Or I'd be completely overwhelmed without a clue where to start. And I would look like I was lazy. And what was really going on is I just, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know know where to start. So um, in this last uh, time I went to treatment uh, 13 years ago, I came to that decision. You know, I was on that place where every 32-year-old probably goes when they're kicked out of their 11th treatment center, mom's couch. And I remember that night very thoroughly in which I realized that I need to completely change how it is that I view and react to the world or I'm going to drink again. And I desperately didn't want to drink again. And one of the biggest hurdles that I had was where do I go from here? How do I rebuild a life? I don't even know who I am. And how do I find meaningful employment? Luckily for me, I was able to navigate that and go from you know the homeless uh, drug addict to a business development professional in oil and gas. And, and navigating that changed my life. Allowed me to travel the world, buy a house, be, you know, find identity and purpose and meaning in my life. And having gone through that process and and looking back at things, we wanted to build something that would help people navigate that same process. Well, and before we get into the, the, the meat of this, I want to go through some of the, the stats because I know that you've got some research on this and how important purpose-driven employment is in recovery. Yeah. So in looking at this problem, we interviewed 21 professionals from university professors to CEOs of treatment centers, addictions counselors, parole officers. And we asked three questions. First, we asked, how important is meaningful employment to long-term recovery outcomes? And the answer we got back was, it was critical. 
the next question we asked was, what are you doing about this now? And the answer was, well, there's some decent programming out there. There's nothing that's built specifically for people in recovery or that's all inclusive. And then the third question we asked was, do we need to do better? And since then, uh, a number of the professors have shared some data that is quite telling. Uh, the Recovery Research Institute out of Boston has studied not only you know, how does recovery affect employment, but they're looking at how does employment affect recovery outcomes? And some interesting stats came out of that. You know, number one is if you're employed, you're more likely to complete treatment, but less likely to be in recovery six months out of treatment than if you're unemployed, which is kind of an interesting stat if you think about it. But the biggest indicator of recovery outcomes within the study was the group that had made gains in employment. And gains were defined in a number of ways, but the uh, study uh, started leaning towards meaning, purpose, and satisfaction as these being critical components of recovery outcomes. Dr. Best sent us a, a one study that showed it's as high as the number two indicator of recovery outcomes, meaningful employment. So it's critical. It is. So how then, this is the big question, do you find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in your employment? Well, that's exactly what we built this program to do. So the first thing we did was we looked at, you know, there's a lot of people in recovery that have built amazing careers and done amazing things in the world. Everything from, you know, Frank O'Day, who founded Second Cup. You know, he was a homeless alcoholic. Uh, a guy named Cameron Chell was was uh, in you know Maine and Hastings, homeless, dead, you know, on the street kind of a fella, and he went on to found a drone company that right now is delivering medical aid in Ukraine and can detect landmines. Like some amazing journeys have been had in recovery by those that have uh, you know gone out to do this, and so we looked at those journeys and we said, could we reverse engineer the process? that these people went through to build a program that someone could practically follow. And the key components of that you know, turned out to be hope, vision, and action. So in hope, we take a deep dive into who are you and what makes you tick as a human. And there's so much more to us than, than what we realized in the beginning. You know, the people that we interviewed for our uh, pilot, you know, sitting down with those guys, you know, ask them the question, you know, tell me about your work history. It was a very short conversation. But I asked them, tell me about your criminal history. There is a lot of things, a lot of transferable skills from the tools that we use to get through life that may not work in the best of ways out there, but that can be transitioned in here. So we really want to take a deep dive into who are you? What makes you tick as a human? But beyond that, from an employer perspective, what does that mean to them? Once we understand that, we want to take a look at, well, what are some potential careers that could be in line with who I am? You know, a school teacher and a salesperson have the exact same skill set. You know, there's a lot more available to us than we realize. So uh, that's a, just such an important part of the process, that playful, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? How do I reconnect with the person that I was becoming before addiction took hold and align who that person is with my employment? And uh, from there, you know, you got to build a, pro a practical plan of action. How do I get from where I am to where I could be? So for me, when I was in this position, the only skill that I could identify was that I could talk. And I looked at, well, what are careers that are in line with that? Well, 
corporate sales. So I actually, when I was down and out on mom's couch, I set the goal of corporate sales. That was my big, hairy, audacious goal. Strategically, I said no to the $25 an hour painting job that everybody takes out of treatment. And I said yes to the $11 an hour retail sales job. It just so happened that that sales job happened to be at a mountain equipment store. And that's one of my passions. So I got to, I got to be in a line with, with who that kid was, that 13 year old kid was before addiction took hold and carry out things in life that that kid would have been doing. And so that was absolutely huge to my recovery. So, uh, you know, having that strategic plan in how I do that first recovery job and, and, and go forward is huge too. So that's the process that I went through. And that's, um, the, you know, the process that we built for people to follow. I've, I've worked in treatment centers. Well, I still work for one and I've seen it. I've seen the guys or the girls, they come in and they're beaten and they're broken. And and we talked a bit about a, when I asked you about a tip and you said, yeah, that five-year gap in your resume. <laughs> yeah. You've seen that. You have no idea. What am I even capable of? What I, I just don't even know who I am as a human. And to begin to build that. One of, our, one of our last participants is a gal, you know, she came from, you know, a life where she was exploited. She was a sex worker. She was quite an ingenious fraudster as well. And one of the comments that she had after going through Hope was, wow, you know, understanding that I have tangible value, not in a fluffy, you know, abstract way, but tangible value that I bring to the employment world and to understand that that has nothing to do with my body was a game changer for her. And it's so huge. There's so much more to us than we realize. Okay. So how do we address that resume gap? Because I know that is a huge one for a lot of people coming in through recovery. Well, a, a key part of that is first off, you know, in recovery, we, we tend to, especially if we build a community of support that turns into a network first and foremost, right? So our first job or uh, option is going to come from our network. So what we need to do is first somehow identify what our value is, build the tools of some sort, you know, a resume or, or whatever we need to get that first job. But the nice thing, the nice answer for that five-year gap in the resume, which I had, homelessness is a resume buster, um, is once I get that first job, I can perform my way forward. And I build that network. I build a reputation of you know what I bring to the table and then my past doesn't matter as much. It's through our network that we're going to we're going to overcome this. And I think if you're coming from a place of passion and excitement that doors begin to open because I know for myself that I am extremely passionate about what I do and because I'm passionate about what I do I work hard at it and and it's top of mind and I'm building that network and and it just it grows from there. It comes through. It comes through. And yeah, I mean, it's it's so right that the wrong employment scenario can actually be detrimental to your recovery if you think about it. And finding your way to the right employment center where a uh, scenario where, you know, you are bringing your value and, you know, you enjoy going to work and it holds meaning and purpose to you is going to absolutely enhance your recovery. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I ended up here is I was in a position before that was toxic for me and I had to make a choice. Do I stay in it for the paycheck or do I take that leap of faith and pursue my passion? And it's amazing how passion generally works out. Absolutely. I was lucky in my case that I knew where I wanted to go. 
from the beginning and I, and I planned around it, but I still found myself, you know, in employment scenarios that started off well and then later turned out to not be the best. The beautiful thing is that we can make decisions and we can overcome those. We can, one of, one of our workshops is called plan your escape, right? Where if you, if you know where you want to go, you can, you know, one, one of our participants, you know, he had a whole bunch of fines to pay off before he could get a car, which is a common thing, right? You know, in his plan, he had a job that was paying more. That wasn't really something that he'd like, but he took that job to overcome that, that financial barrier that he had. And his long-term plan is to go into something that's more in line with who he is. We'll have more resilience if we know that there's that light at the end of the tunnel, that there's going to be something that holds meaning to you, right? And not stuck in that terrible job forever. Let's talk about on a dime because I know that you're starting an online version of the program, which is going to be able to help so many more people. Yeah. So there's there's two ways that we broke up the business. One is in the in the public sector. So we're, we want to find ways to make this available to those in the public treatment market. We we're at, we're huge fans of what the Alberta government is doing, the minister's office, and, and building a continuum of care. And we're trying to plug in there. We've also signed agreements with local facilities that uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll try to find funding to make this available to that demographic. But also, we're, we're launching our online curriculum here in October. So we've run a, a, a number of groups in person and had great success. So in order to make this available to more people, we are launching a six-week online facility. It's a hybrid of facilitated and um, video-based learning methodologies. So that someone can take our six-week program online. And that will be launching in October 17th. Is the launch date for that program? Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the stats of your success rates for the uh, pilot that you ran, and it's impressive. Yeah, so far seventy three percent employed within thirty days. We're around ninety percent employment within ninety days. That's a nice stat. But you know what I like is you know the single mom from you know Hobima that her only career option was bartender, and you know interviewing her before the program. You know, what do you want to do with your life? Well, maybe one day I could have enough money so I could take the kids to Banff once in a while. And that's it. You know, maybe I'll get a job at Walmart. You know, she graduates and, you know, now she's uh, enrolled in a vet tech course and working at the zoo. You know, complete game changer for her. We have, we have you know, oil and gas finance guy to uh, consultant with not-for-profits on their financial side. And everything in between, drug dealer to dog groomer, you know, all kinds of different ways that people manifest this. So, yeah, the stats in terms of employment rates are good, but how this is, how people are, are manifesting this in their lives is, is where I think the real value is. Well, this has been fascinating and excellent. And I'm going to include all of your contact information in the description on YouTube and the show notes and especially the link for the online learning. Thanks, Joanne. We appreciate it. Thank you.